If you will, open up your Bibles to Exodus, the 20th chapter, or find it on your phone, whatever. Uh, Exodus, the 20th chapter. And we're talking about the fear of God. And when you talk about the fear of God, there's so much taught about don't fear, you know, and resisting fear and making sure there's no fear. And that kind of fear is wrong. When angels appeared or the Lord appeared at different times, he would say, fear not. But there is another kind of fear that um, is necessary for every believer and really the world, you know, the world, or I should say it this way, the United States, it's not the world, but it used to be there was a general fear of God, whether people serve God or not. They respected him, highly regarded him here, and you don't see that as much anymore. And if you're not careful, and I don't mean you particular, but I mean the church world, if we're not careful what is in the world creeps into the church. It does. It, it happened in the Bible. If you go read and look in the Bible, certain things that were prevalent in different areas in the world would creep into the church or would get into the children of Israel and they would start practicing things, doing things that were of the world. You with me? And uh, there are genuine things that are from God, and we should know about them. And, but there are things I look at in the church world as a whole, and some of it, I go, oh, that shouldn't be. But there are reasons, because people are not grounded many times in Scripture, and they're trying to impress everybody out there and say things that are flashy and get people hooped up. And they're, they're not getting grounded. And I could understand there's a temptation, but we need to be careful that certain attitudes that are even in the world don't get in the church. Thank you. And this is an attitude that should be developed in every person. Everybody. And there are different ways you could inspire this. It can come through different ways. But we're going to look at this fear of God. And this fear of God is not a paranoid type of fear, but it's a high reverence, a high respect for God because of just who he really is. I mean, we're going to grow in this. We're going to know this if we do the right things. But when we get to heaven, we'll have another perspective on this fear of God. Even if it gets so strong, I was talking uh, the other day at prayer, during different times in the church world, God has just moved real strong. And it wasn't because of God. He's wanted to the whole time. But different people uh, gave way, did certain things, and God was able to move. And there would be times where it would be so powerful that God would be moving that like I've read and heard different interviews of people, how they would say it was so powerful. It was like fearful but you weren't afraid. It just made you respect just how big God was. And they even used the term, it was the fear of God. But it wasn't bad, but it just did something to you. And, and there are different ways, like I said, to develop or release the fear of God. Uh, 
You know, I don't think the fear of God is automatic even if you had a vision of the Lord. But I, but I believe it would be presented to you if your heart was right, you could do something. Pharaoh did not get the fear of God, and he was watching miracle after miracle after miracle. You know, and, and he did not fear God. He just got fed up. And then he got angry and went back after the children of Israel. And so the fear of God can be put in front of you, but then it's something you have to do something with it. You have to, you know, even the scriptures that talk about study the word of God, you know, pursue this, you know, like silver and gold. And then it says, then you'll understand the fear of God. It doesn't say it becomes yours. said you'll understand it, <clears throat> right? In other words, we've said this, the fear of God is not a panic or a paranoid thing, but it is a real high regard and reverence for God just because of how big he is and how real and mighty and all that, and you just go, whoa. And you put him in his right place. You have to do that. You have to put him there. Even though it's presented to you, you have to adopt it yourself. You with me? And when it says you would understand, notice this verse here, and we'll look at this, Exodus 20. And we've been reading from 18 through 20. This fear of God was presented to them here, and he told them what it would do if they accepted the fear of God. But in all reality, I haven't said this, these people did not accept this appropriately. You with me? Think about it. Here they are on this area. They've been delivered by God's power. He's trying to bring them into the promised land, a land he promised them, something good, and he said, you know, this fear will keep you from sin. It will let you know how powerful I am. They started sinning after this. Right? They set up idols. There was opportunity to go into the promised land. They said, we can't do it because those people are like giants and we're like grasshoppers. But God displayed how powerful he was. So they could go, God is for us, God is with us, let's go. That's why I was saying the fear of God can be presented to you. You have to accept it and adopt the attitude yourself. God is God. And he is who he said he is, and he will show himself strong, but you have to respond appropriately. And if you do not, you can reject the fear of God. And I don't mean anybody here, but we could. And that's not to be mean, it's to recognize. That should make you have the fear of God. Because Lucifer himself saw the glory and power of God and lost the fear of God. He stopped reverencing him as God, as Almighty, and thought, I'm big enough to take this ride. I'm going to get myself, and I'm going to promote myself, and I'm going to do it my way, and I'm not going to do it God's way anymore. 
And man, oh my, he realized too late. So you have to adopt this once, it's, once you understand it. <clears throat> you with me? And it's important because Judas didn't even adopt the fear of the Lord. And he watched miracle after miracle and saw God move and, 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 you know, right in his midst. And I mean, he saw the secrets of men's hearts revealed. He saw God on full display in front of him, the mercy of God, the love of God. And he didn't operate in the fear of God. Thank you. The fear of God is not automatic. I wish it was. <clears throat> You know, but we have to choose the fear of God. I mean, it can be presented when the Lord, if the Lord appeared to us right here in our midst, we would, we would go, whoa, but at the same time, you still have to choose it. Thank you. So Exodus twenty eighteen, and we're going to read through 20. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightnings, the flashes, the sounds of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, we talked about that. It was the glory and power of God. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, you speak with God. They were fearful, the wrong kind of fear. It says, you speak to God. Well, God wanted to put himself on display so that all the people could know him. And they're like, you go talk to him. You talk to dad. You know. And, and he said, and they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. They got a, they got a chunk that day of reality. They said, Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But they were thinking, we're going to get crushed. God was not wanting them to think, we're, you're going to get crushed. He just wanted them to know, listen, I'm going to let you see just how big I am, or at least a touch. Because we know nobody can see his potential with this natural body and live. The Lord said that. Nobody can see my face and live. Now, you'll exist forever, but you're, you just melt you'd die. You'd, your body would give out. You'd have to go be with him if you were saved. That's what he was saying. No man shall see God and live. You need a new body. So all that we see on display in the Bible is not the full. We can read about it, but there's still not a full comprehension. But it should promote a reverence and a fear in us. Notice this. And so Moses said to the people in verse 20, notice, do not fear. Don't have this paranoid fear. For God has come to test you. And that his fear or his right kind of fear or his awe and reverence may be before you, notice that phrase, so that it might be before you. 
How many people have forgot the fear of God in life? They just forget how big God is, and they, they forget these types of things. That's why I said it's conditional. And we can be at different places where we're releasing the fear of God, and, and we're seeing the fear of God, or walking in the fear of God, or not so much. Does it benefit you? Yeah, there are tons of benefits to walking in the fear of the Lord. And when we talk about the fear of God, we're talking about a high woe. Yikes. But he's for me. But he's, just, he's God. And so he said, do not fear. He said, I've done this so it might be before you so that you may not sin. You read them about these guys later, they would see God on display, and then it said they would eat and drink, and then they'd get up and play or go do wrong. They would see it on display, but they didn't keep it before them. And God wanted this before them. He didn't want them paranoid, but he wanted them to know who he really was. Why does God want people to know the fear of God and walk certain ways? Because you were created a certain way to not walk a different way, a wrong way. Many people choose their own way, and I'm not saying here, but in the world choose their own way, choose to walk a certain way that is actually detrimental to the way they were created. You know, I remember working, you know, in a gas station in high school, and they would say, if you drink this, this will destroy your liver or kidney. But you use it in a car, it's good for a car. Radiator fluid, it's good for a car, but it's not good in you. Well, some things that people are proclaiming is, are good to walk in are not good to walk in. It destroys, and that's why God said, listen, you need to know this and go my way or it will hurt. You with me? And so we can be presented with the fear of God. Proverbs, the ninth chapter, turn there, if you will, concerning the fear of God. Proverbs 9, and we're going to look at some different things that really would benefit a person to know, to learn, to walk in the fear of God. Notice this in Proverbs, the ninth chapter and the tenth verse. It says, the fear of the Lord, this is that huge awe, respect, reverence toward God. If, if people say, I have this huge awe, reverence, and respect, but it's not changing their life, they don't got it. They're not walking in it. But notice he said, for the fear of the Lord, notice this phrase, is the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom. What is wisdom? I remember, you know, when I would first read the Bible and see the word wisdom and see the word knowledge, I didn't, I was like, what's the difference? Why do they talk about them like that? I didn't know what wisdom was. I didn't know the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom means to be skillful and able to put into practice knowledge 
And in this case, it's the knowledge that comes from God. And he said this fear starts producing the ability to put into practice the knowledge that comes from God. Notice, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. What does this fear do, this high regard, this awe for God? It actually opens my heart to his truth, to his ways. When I don't think big of God, I close my heart to his direction, his guidance, his knowledge, the way he has set things up, the way he wants them done. And I say, well, these ways are just as good as his way. And if he says they're as good, fine. But if he says, no, they're not, then I have dismissed the reverence, the awe, the fear of God, and now I'm walking in my own counsel or the counsel of the world. Where did they get their counsel? That's a good question. And so if God says that the fear of the Lord will start to produce wisdom or is the beginning, it's the origins of wisdom and it's the origin of knowledge, then I should be what? Reverencing, respecting, regarding high the Lord because of how powerful he is. And when he put himself on display back then, it was so you could be in awe. And so notice this in John 8. John 8, why do we want to open our hearts through the fear of God? Why? John 8 tells us a good reason when he talks about this wisdom and knowledge coming through the fear of the Lord. Notice this in John 8, verse 32. This is what the world needs. John 8 32, a familiar verse to many, it says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You want to be free? Fear the Lord. But what happens when people don't fear the Lord, they close their heart to the truth, to the wisdom, to the knowledge, and the freedom that is actually in there. And so what do I need to do? Well, start fearing God. And like I said, and I've talked about this, there, is, there are different ways. And this is why I use the term inspire the fear of the Lord. Because it can come before you, but you've got to be moved. You've got to move yourself to use it, to act on it. <clears throat> you with me? You must. And so we're going to look at a couple of things, how that the fear of the Lord or reverencing highly opens you up to the truth and how really this is how miracles happen. You with me? This is how the miracle didn't happen with the children of Israel that should have. And this is how miracles happen right here. This is how the miracle of the new birth happens. You start 
coming to a place where you start going, Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the exalted one. In other words, you start, he is the one who died. He is the one who rose. That's what God said. You have to start esteeming and regarding or fearing or respecting God. Then you say, Jesus, be my Lord. You act on it and you get saved. Notice this in Matthew 8. Everybody with me this morning? Matthew, the 8th chapter. And this, I believe, is such an incredible set of scriptures that would help us to understand the fear of God. Matthew 8, verse 5. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion. Well, what's a centurion? He's a military guy that has a hundred people, century, centurion, under him. He's like a boss guy in the military. And he said, the centurion came to him, to Jesus, pleading with him. He's talking to the Lord, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and I will heal him. That's pretty good. The centurion answered and said, Lord, no. No. Notice what he said. He said, I will come and heal him. Verse 8, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. In other words, no, you're not coming to my house. But notice what he did. He wasn't saying he was a nobody. He just was starting to recognize and say, you're big time. He had a fear of God. Now, if you hear fear as in paranoid, he wasn't paranoid. He was highly regarding him and reverencing and esteeming him so high he said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, that you should come to my house. Only speak a word. Notice the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It is the beginning. It produces, it opens you up to knowledge. It opens you up to truth. This man knew Jesus had the answer, so he just said, speak a word. But notice the context in which he's saying this. He's got such a high regard for Jesus. How many people, if they had an opportunity for Jesus to come in their house, they'd be like, they'd be thinking, yeah, I'd be perfect so I could tell all my friends I had Jesus. Oh, you haven't had him at your house yet? <laughs> Sorry. I did. Last week, he was there like for a few hours. We were just hanging out and prayed for, you know, person got healed and yeah, you had that happen, right? Oh, you haven't. Oh. No, he was not all puffed up in himself. He didn't care about what other people thought. He didn't look around thinking, what is everybody thinking? What is everybody saying? He just said, listen, I'm not worthy. But he was a centurion. He had some clout. Naturally. He said, I'm not worthy when it comes to you coming to my house. Speak a word only. 
Notice the right exaltation of the Lord exalts his word to the right place and accepts his word at the right level. And he said, and my servant will be healed. He regarded the Lord and his word so high that he said, I reverence you. If you would just tell me one verse or one thing, whatever you say, it will have such an effect they will be healed. He was reverencing God. He was fearing the Lord. And he said this, verse 9, For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, Go. And he goes. And to another, Come. And he comes. That's what the Lord, that's what he's saying to the Lord. Listen, I know how this works. Thank God for his glory in here right now, working in people. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. So he's basically saying, I'm, in, in this life, I'm exalted. People respect me. They're forced to, but they have been trained to submit to me because they're lower. And so I say, go, and they go, and he said, to another come, and he comes, and to my servant do this, and he does it. He's letting them know, I'm exalted in this life, and I have people under me, and I do this. What is he doing? He is exercising the fear of God. He said, this is why I know it will work with you because now I'm putting myself in this position and the Lord is high. You with me? He is exalted. He is lifted up. And so like he says, do this, he said, just like they have to reverence me or respect what I say, I recognize you are God in the flesh. Who you are is who you are. And if you say it, it'll happen. And Jesus said, when he heard it in verse 10, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly, I have not found such great faith no, not in Israel. I had an experience with these verses years ago. I talked to the Lord. I said, Lord, I said, you know, I recognize in these verses, this man esteemed you, reverenced you. He regarded you. We call it the fear of God. And I asked him and I said, Lord, how can I get this built into me? Or how can I have this fear of the Lord? And the Lord clearly spoke to me and said, if you'll obey what I say, when I deal with you about something, when you do it, you'll get this. If you obey, not if you hear. Not if you hear. All his children hear his voice. All of them do. So he was dealing with me on presenting an opportunity to regard me high. Obey. 
See, because if I regard him high truly, I'm going to obey. If I don't regard him highly, I am not going to obey. And he said, this will build it in you. And I asked him this question after, and this was literally a day later. I said, Lord, is there a way to get this quicker then? And he clearly spoke to me and said, you obey me quickly. So guess what? Whether I've grown in it or not, the way was presented. It was presented. And guess whose hands it was in? Though he is huge. Notice this verse in, in 1 Thessalonians. And we're talking about being open to the truth. And the power that's in the word really gets working in you when we walk in the fear of God. 1 Thessalonians 2. You know, it's important to realize there are spiritual laws like there are natural laws. There are. Whether we like it or not, the Bible calls faith, it's called the law of faith. There's something called the law of sin. There's something called the law of death. There are spiritual laws, just like there are natural laws. It's amazing to me when people are like, let everybody get out of prison who's done whatever. You know, there's a spiritual prison called hell. There are spiritual things and natural things, and but there are laws that govern it all, naturally and spiritually. And the power of God flows through spiritual laws. And it's a lot like, people say a lot like electricity or a lot like water. And for us, we know that water flows where? Like if you're hiking here in Arizona and you're in a canyon and uh, it's prone to flash floods, then what you would do if it started pouring is you'd get to the bottom of the canyon, right? That would be the first thing you do. Get to the lowest point. Flash floods coming. You know, we have something called an idiot law here. It's in conjunction with that thought. In Apache Junction, you know, out, out east of here, there's valleys and stuff, and it'll say, when flooded, you know, in the road, do not enter. Oh, I don't understand that. Why would they put a sign like that? Because there are laws. Notice it didn't do it at the top of the hill. Hmm. This is getting interesting, I know. They did it at the bottom where there's dips in the road and they're like, don't enter when flooded. Why would it flood? That makes no sense. They're not fair to the high spots. They're just not fair, these city people putting signs. They need to be equally fair and put signs on top of the mountains. Oh, does that sound dumb? Sorry. Um, so we know that there are laws, that water goes to the lowest place and will start forming there or flowing there. It doesn't go to the high place. Notice how that guy lowered himself. Now, he didn't make himself unworthy like in the sense I'm a dirt bag. 
He knew he was a centering. He knew he had a position. It wasn't a demeaning of his character. It was an exaltation of the Lord. It was a reality of who he was in the sight of God. So it's not diminishing you because we're new in Christ if we're saved and we're accepted in the beloved. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that God is whatever. He is still to be reverenced. And when you can have that attitude, you lower yourself, and just like water flows, power flows there. Exaltation, the water runs off. You hear it, it comes, but it just goes, woo. Right? You're blessed for a minute. Whew, that was good. But if, but if I exalt myself, it just flows off. It's presented. And I'm not talking about anybody here. But notice this in 1 Thessalonians, but we do have to be aware that there are laws that govern electricity, that govern the power of God, that govern water. Water can be such a blessing. Can't live without it. That's right. 1 Thessalonians 2. And God loves us and is for us, but we do need to recognize he deserves his place. 1 Thessalonians 2. And so just like water needs a low point, it will hit anywhere. And I mean, isn't it true if it rains and you have a hill, but you dig just a little hole, you can catch a cup's worth. You can do that. But is there a way to catch more? Well, if the fear of the Lord is the beginning, which means an exaltation of him and a lowering myself to the right way of thinking. And that is not going, I'm a dirt bag. No, that's saying, praise God, God cleansed me, he loves me, he's for me. That's what he said, so that's me exalting him. 1 Thessalonians 2 Paul, the writer here who was inspired by God to write this, wrote to these people and he said, For this reason, 2.13, we also thank God without ceasing. Wow, he just praised God regularly. He'd think about them and go, glory to God. These Thessalonians, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He was excited, and he'd say, thank you, God. He said, I do this continually without ceasing. If you were around me, you'd regularly hear me say, praise God for you guys. He was excited for them. Why? He said, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it. But notice these terms you welcomed it not as the word of man in other words you heard it through a man but you didn't accept it like it was just from the man the origin didn't come from him it came from God he said you didn't just pay attention and listen to it like it was coming from man but as it is in truth the word of God you welcomed it. 
like it was God's word. In other words, they esteemed the word and they saw the connection between the word and God. And no wonder that's the beginning of wisdom when you fear the Lord, because you go, this is from God. You open yourself up to what he's saying. And notice this, which also effectively works in you who believe it. Notice it gets presented, but that high regard is a trust thing, is a believing way. You can't have the fear of the Lord, so to speak, the way it needs to be and not believe. No, because I would be reverencing something higher. Notice this verse. Everybody okay? Okay. 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, it says, Therefore, he who rejects this or these words does not reject man, but God. 1 Thessalonians 4, 8. Is everybody there? Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who also has given us the Holy Spirit. Different translations read it as he who rejects this instruction, the New and International Version. The BSB reads this command. Another translation, the International Standard, this instruction, when they rejected it, if you reject it, he said, you're in this instruction, you're not rejecting human authority, but you are rejecting the authority of God. So basically, he's saying here, notice, therefore he who rejects these things rejects God. Wait a minute. One translation, he who despises these things. Well, when you despise something, you just kind of look down upon it. Isn't that the truth? Eh, whatever. Them, that, it. But he said, if you do that, when you reject the commandment and look down on it, he said, you don't just reject the command, you reject God. Well, what are we talking about? Esteeming God. Lifting him up to his right place. And to me, we can all grow in the fear of God. It will open us up to his word. And the word is life. The word is power. Proverbs said there's, in the fear of the Lord, there's health. The Bible said if the beginning, you know, the beginning of wisdom comes from the fear of the Lord, the Bible said in wisdom's hand is riches and honor, and other things. And think about it. How many people try to push themselves up, but if they would exalt God and reverence Him and accept His ways, it would drive them up. Right? Because didn't it say, he who would exalt himself will be brought low. But he who will lower himself will be lifted up. It's like you're accepting the life jacket. 
Well, if you accept the life jacket and you're in the ocean and you get pulled down, it's just a matter of time. You're going up, right? You're going up. And there's so much power in this word and so much love for his people. We just have to honor him the right way. Fear him. Is everybody okay? Everybody alive and well? God's alive. Amen. And these things you got to learn. Think about it. It could be presented and now it's presented. I know in a small little capsule. Now what will we do? Come back for part four next week. Amen. But the Lord is good. And I believe this, just hearing these things presents the fear of God and people make adjustments and go, yeah, God's God. Am I treating him like he is? You know, am I responding to him like he is? And I'll tell you what, he talks about the, there are loads of benefits to the fear of God. Loads of benefits to the fear of God. You know, if you exalt yourself and not the Lord, he said, the proud he knows from afar off. But the humble he knows near. Near. 